Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This podcast is part of E2C Network, where we share the whole Auburn experience. Hello, and welcome to War Horses, the only college equestrian podcast with a host that has bronchitis. Yes, I am that host, Auburn Elvis. Um, so this weekend, I came down with bronchitis, had to miss the Auburn meet. Uh, I'm also on a bunch of pills, so we'll see how long my voice holds out. If you want to go and listen to another college equestrian podcast this week, I totally understand. Uh, yeah, otherwise, you're going to have to listen to a sick guy talk about some college equestrian. And uh, let's see, first thing we're going to talk about are last week's Meet Recaps. First up on Thursday, Texas A&M traveled to SMU. In my preview of this meet, I predicted it would be a 9-9 tie with SMU winning, and it ended up being a 9-9 tie with SMU winning. So not too bad for a guy who has bronchitis. (laughs) Let's see how the meet went. Fences went 3-2 for A&M. Flat was 2-2 tie, Um, horsemanship went 3-2 to SMU, and reigning was another 2-2 tie. That produced the 9-9 final score, and SMU got the edge in the tiebreaker. It was like 1,600-something to 1,500-something, so there you go. Uh, With the result that this close, both teams really have nothing to be ashamed of. Both teams should be pleased. Obviously, the winner will be a little bit more pleased, but... Um, A&M did very well on a tough road uh, environment against the reigning national champions. I told you last week that some of the teams in the top tier are going to start picking up some losses. Well, this is A&M is the first one to do that, but this is not embarrassing at all, and they're still in that top tier. Uh, they were actually making a case going into this meet as being maybe the the you know in the top two teams in the nation and frankly a top two team might have lost this meet so don't place too much stock in the fact that they lost on the road like this for smu now they get to uh, rest and reset and get ready and do the same thing all over again with auburn uh next week so um oh also i do want to point out smu had a perfect score sheet in this meet so good job to the mustangs there the next meet to recap is on friday tcu at ut martin I said TCU would win this one 11 to 8 or maybe 8 to 9. I'm sorry, 11 to 9. They won 12 to 7. In fences, the event ended with a 2 to 2 tie. Flat went 3 to 2 for TCU. Horsemanship is where TCU kind of put their foot down. They swept it 5 nothing. And then in reigning, UT Martin actually won that 3 to 2. So, uh, which is pretty good for anybody going up against TCU. Add that all up, the total was 12 to 7, like I said. Um, Here again, we see UT Martin. They're going to give these highly ranked teams a little bit of trouble when they're at home there. 
Um, they've had a heck of a difficult schedule so far, and they're not getting a lot of wins, but it's really, they're, they're, they played the toughest schedule of anybody. So they're going to be real battle-tested once the, um, the meat of their ECAC season rolls around. They're, they're, this is going to benefit them. So for TCU, this was a sneaky, difficult road victory. They got it, and that's what you want. So, um, oh, also, I do want to point out that there was a score sheet error uh, for UT Martin. They were missing the uh, event total in horsemanship. Again, they did this thing where they put zeros for all the individual scores, but they didn't bother t- totaling all those zeros up, so they just left the thing blank. That's going to get deducted in the um, golden score sheet. We'll talk about that later. Then after that, TCU and Georgia took to the saddle in a four-on-four neutral site meet. Uh, I figured TCU would win this one about 11-8. to eight. Uh, and that was when I thought it was five on five. And that translates probably down to something like nine to six. Um, but TCU would end up winning eight to seven. Here's how it all went in fences. Georgia won two to one flat wins two to two for everybody in horsemanship. TCU, of course, won. Uh, they swept it four to nothing and raining Georgia won that three to one. So again, we see somebody giving TCU some trouble in raining, but horsemanship is their bread and butter. Add that all up. That's your eight to seven victory for, for the Horned Frogs. Um, you know, TCU kind of probably took a point or two from uh, Georgia on the flat or fences, and Georgia kind of did the same to them on raining, so that's kind of what you want. Um, but really, the big difference was TCU's dominance and horsemanship, so that powered them to victory. Here again, I think this is a good meet for both teams. Uh, I don't think Georgia should be ashamed of losing to TCU. TCU's the number one team. Uh, and again, TCU, they got pushed a little bit by Georgia, but it was a four-on-four meet, so those can always be weird. You never know how they're going to go exactly, so... Um, also UT Martin will lose another point in the golden score sheet. Cause there was another error where they didn't, uh, in that sweep and horsemanship again, they didn't add a zero, uh, or add all the zeros together. It's kind of sloppy, but you see that. So hopefully that'll get cleaned up now. Uh, let's see. Okay. Also on Friday. Okay. Yeah, this is, <laughs> this is a big one. South Carolina at Auburn. Um, I didn't get to go to this one cause I was sick. I don't know if I've mentioned that. Um, I predicted Auburn would win 11 to eight. Auburn won 14 to four. So uh, for some reason, I was a little worried that Auburn might slack off a little bit. Um, You know, I've been talking about how Auburn's Western can be up and down and that's the way to beat Auburn. Well, that didn't happen. (laughs) Here's how it went. Flat started off first and normally Auburn does real well on this. Well, South Carolina won the flat three to one. So right out of the gate, you think, oh my, you know, this is going to be tough. Well, over in, uh, what was it? Horsemanship? It was a five nothing sweep. No, wait, no, no, no. It was raining. Uh, it was a four nothing dirty sweep in raining. So Auburn gets that, you know, ends up being up at the half. And then horsemanship happened. Auburn swept that uh, five nothing. And then fences was four to one for Auburn. So after that initial win by South Carolina, where they won the flat three to one, they only got one more point the whole rest of the day. So Auburn really shut them down. And interestingly enough, the Western team did much better than the jumping seat team for Auburn. So good job to them. Um, um, but I also, I'll say good job to Carolina. Um, they got some flat points from Auburn that were not expected. They showed that they could go into a very intimidating environment. Uh, Auburn has had won 33 straight home meets going into that. Um, and they, they start out really strong. Now, of course, Auburn's host of All-Americans kind of wore them down eventually and got all, a bunch of points. But, you know, South Carolina still... They, they, a lot of respect to them. They went into a tough environment. They did very well. And again, we talked about it. it was a good day for Auburn, especially for the Western team. 
um you know they showed me uh i've been talking about how they you you know they've been up and down well they were very up on friday oh and uh auburn will lose a couple of points uh for their score sheets because they left some boxes blank just like uh, ut martin's been doing so that'll all get mentioned later and now we're going to go over to saturday georgia and ut martin they were the last meet of the week I predicted this one was going to be a 9-9 tie with Georgia winning the tiebreaker. Apparently, that was my thing last week. I did a lot of close meets predictions. This one ended up being 14-5 Georgia, so not very close. Again, uh, let's see, what? Fences went 4-1 for Georgia. Flat went 4-0 for Georgia. Horsemanship went 4-1 for Georgia. And Reigning went 3-1 for UT Martin. So UT Martin has a good Reigning squad. That's, that's the one takeaway we can get from this weekend. Well, there's a lot of takeaways, but that's... That's one you shouldn't, you know, pass up. Now, this is a meet where UT Martin probably hoped they were going to do a little bit better because we had seen historically they do pretty well against these big squads. But again, you know, after a while, there's only so much you can do when you're facing another team stacked with all Americans. Georgia, you know, they they put the hammer down and they got a bunch of points. So, um, and like I said, the level of teams that UT Martin's going to face is going to start going down after this point, um, and it's going to get easier for the Skyhawks. So, um, yeah, they're not going to keep taking L's. Uh, at least they shouldn't. So, um, let's see. Oh, and the score sheet had another error in it. So UT Martin, boy, this was not a great weekend for the score sheets for, you know, a bunch of people. So they're going to take another uh, deduction there. Um, and speaking of which, let's take a detailed look at the current Golden, Golden Score Sheet Award. For those of you who don't know, the Golden Score Sheet Award is a competition where each week I review all the official score sheets and award deductions or bonus points based on the number of errors that I find, or if one brave team out there would just put the home team on the right of the score sheet as God intended. Every team begins the season with 100 points, and at the end of the season, the team of, or teams with the highest point totals will win an actual award from me commemorating their achievement in outstanding records keeping. So, we all know uh, UT Martin lost a bunch of points. Uh, let's see how everybody else has done. In first place, with a perfect 100 points, are Berry College, Bridgewater, College of Charleston, Dartmouth, Lynchburg, Minnesota Crookston, Sacred Heart, Swanee, SMU, South Dakota State, Sweetbriar, and UC Davis. In 13th place, with a score of 99 points, are Fresno State, Georgia, Oklahoma State, and TCU. In 17th place, with a score of 98, is Baylor. In 18th place with a score of 97 is Texas A&M and UT Martin. In 20th place with a score of 96 are Auburn and Delaware State. And in 22nd place with a score of 94 is South Carolina. Also, I got to point out that uh, there are almost certainly going to be some teams like Barry or maybe College of Charleston who are not going to have home meets this season. So, I'm going to take those teams out of the competition once we're certain that they're not hosting anything. That's going to happen next uh, semester in the in the spring um, because they're not turning in any score sheets. So you can't win the competition if you don't turn anything in. Okay, with that out of the way, now let's talk about week six of the official Auburn, Auburn Elvis, Elvis College of Equestrian Rankings. Now, this week is the first week where there's going to be a little bit of a disconnect between a, where a team is ranked and whether or not their body of work puts them in that uh, one of those three tiers where I talk about the top tier, those teams that can win home and away. There's a second tier of the teams that can't really win away. They really just win at home. And then there's that bottom tier of teams that have trouble doing either. 
I point this out because there is one team in particular, SMU, that has no road wins, so they are not in that top tier yet, um, but because they just did beat a team from the upper tier, they are going to go up in the rankings, but they're not quite in that uh, top tier like the team they just beat. It's a little weird. You'll see what I mean in just a minute. Okay, so the number one team is no surprise, TCU. <laughs> They added to the resume with a road win over a tough UT Martin team and a, and a neutral uh, 4-on-4 victory over Georgia. TCU is the poster child for teams that can win home and away, and with the way that their schedule is laid out, it would be a shock to see them lose any meet between now and their final meet of the season, um, a road trip to SMU in, the Mar in March. Uh, the, yeah, they've got a great schedule for them laid out. They should be favored in everything up until that SMU meet. Number two team in the nation is no surprise. Auburn. I almost dropped the Tigers to number three last week, but they showed that they deserved to stay number two for a little bit longer. Um, home win over South Carolina was expected, um, but now their schedule is going to get a lot tougher. They take a week off, and then they're going to get ready for a grueling road trip to Texas A&M and then to SMU the very next day. And Auburn is also in that top tier, the, the group of teams that can win on the road, and we'll see how that, if that continues. The number three team is SMU. <laughs> the Mustangs climb back up the rankings a little bit with that narrow home win over Texas A&M. SMU does not have a road victory yet this season, so they're not in that top tier of teams that have proven they can win on the road. Even still, they have proven that they can win at home, and that puts them in the uh, top of that second tier that we just talked about. So the Mustangs are third this week. The number four team is Texas A&M. The Aggies barely lost on the road at SMU, and while that doesn't exactly hurt their resume, it does take away from what it could have been. Ironically, their previous win at Oklahoma State qualifies them to still remain in that top tier of teams, like I talked about, um, that can get those wins on the road. So, the Aggies are still in a top tier, even though they drop down below a team that is not in the top tier. It's a little confusing, but it'll all work itself out over time. The number five team is Georgia. <laughs> Georgia barely lost a neutral roadside meet against the number one team, and then they took care of business on the road against UT Martin. Georgia is a solid home team with three losses all coming on the road or at that neutral site that I just talked about. And those were all to top tier teams. All right, number six is Oklahoma State. Yeah! The Cowgirls didn't ride this week, but the team previously above them did and lost, so we're going to have a little bit of flip-flop here in the rankings. Also, some of you people may be tempted to sneak Oklahoma State up above Georgia, and I'm going to tell you, I don't know if the NCAA has a random drug testing policy, but if you put Oklahoma State above Georgia in your rankings, you don't need to be drug tested because I know you are smoking dope. There is no way you can look at these two teams' resumes and say that Oklahoma State deserves to be higher ranked than Georgia. So, yes, someone in this conversation is high, and it ain't Oklahoma State. Okay, the number seven team this week is South Carolina. The Gamecocks became the Tigers' latest home victim, but at this point, literally every dual-discipline team in the country, and I mean it, every dual-discipline team in the country, except for Minnesota Crookston, has lost at Auburn in this five-year-long home winning streak that they've got going. So, while it will drop them down one uh, spot this week in the rankings, that's okay. The Gamecocks, uh, you're going to end the fall hosting Oklahoma State anyway, so that meet right there will settle who's better between you two teams. 
Okay, the number eight team is Delaware State. Like Don Quixote, I am going to keep charging at windmills, defending the Hornets' honor until the team comes along and proves that they are not the eighth best team in the country. And in three weeks, Baylor and UT Martin are going to get that chance, so we'll see how that goes. Okay, so now after number eight, this is where things get kind of weird. Poor UT Martin. They have had the toughest opening schedule of anybody in the country. They've actually done pretty well with it, all things considered but they're one in five. Those five have come on the road to number five and number seven, and they've come at home to number one, number two, and number five. So their record and stats have taken a beating while other teams around them have been idle. So I would love to keep them at number nine, but this ain't equitation over feeling, so I gotta go by the stats. So that means that our new number nine team is UC Davis. Hello. Sometimes being idle is the winning play, and the Aggies are are winning right now in that they're not losing. So their stats look better than UT Martins right now, so they get the number nine spot. That's basically what's happening. And at number 10, we have UT Martin. Like I said, the Skyhawks, they may have been on the losing end a lot of uh, score lines lately, but they are still better in the stats than teams like Baylor and Fresno State or South Dakota State, or Minnesota Crookston. So hang in there, Skyhawks. All your hard work, it's going to get rewarded, I promise you. But for right now, you did drop down. So those are the top 10 dual-discipline teams. There were no single-discipline results. Um, I'm still going to give you those rankings, but my voice is starting to go out, so I'm going to go through these really quickly. Number one is Lynchburg. Number two is Dartmouth. Number three is Sweetbriar. Number four is Berry College. Number five is Sacred Heart. Number six is Bridgewater. Number seven is Swanee. And number eight is the College of Charleston. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, here we go. Now we're going to look into the future and see what we have upcoming this week in our Meet Meet Previews. 
Again, I'm fading here a little bit, so I'm going to just kind of go through these quickly. Sorry about that. I don't normally get these correct much anyway, so it's okay if I pare these down. Thursday is Fresno State at Baylor. So somebody has to win this. It's in the rules. I think it's going to be Baylor. Sorry, Bulldogs. In the spring, you're going to get them in Fresno, and that'll be your best chance to win. Okay, next, on Friday, Fresno State at Oklahoma State. Cowgirls by a million. Texas A&M at South Carolina. Now, this is interesting. The Gamecocks have a decent shot at the upset. I still think A&M wins by about three or four, but Carolina could prove me wrong here. Minnesota Crookston out South Dakota State. Jackrabbits by a million. Next one, College of Charleston at South Carolina. Finally, we get to see our newest NCEA member in the saddle. Um, the Gamecocks aren't the toughest jumping seat team in the nation, but they're going to get at least seven points here. So yeah, I think it's going to be seven if it's an eight point meet or nine if it's a 10 point and maybe the Cougars will get one point. That's my prediction. Then on Saturday, we have UC Davis at Minnesota Crookston at the neutral site meet. I think that's going to be Aggies by two million. Uh, UC Davis then turns around and they're going to ride against South Dakota State. This one's actually pretty big meat here. I'm going to say UC Davis wins by about four. Then we have a single discipline meet with Bridgewater at Sacred Heart. Um, I have Sacred Heart above Bridgewater in the rankings, so I'm going to say that Sacred Heart wins this. Um, probably by about three. Then on Sunday, Bridgewater is going to go over to number two Dartmouth. Good luck there, uh, because I think that's going to be a big green win by about two. And that's all of this week's previews. So very exciting stuff coming up. Okay, so if you made it to the end of this, you are the real meaning of Christmas and you're the friends we found along the way. Thank you for listening to this. Normally I will end the show with some sort of soapbox issue, but I'm just going to tell you that I'm on a ton of pills right now and I kind of have a headache and boy, this is not fun. So don't get sick, y'all. That's my soapbox issue. Hope you're feeling better than I am. Uh, That's all for this episode. I'm your host, Auburn Elvis. I'll thank you very much for listening and War Horses. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode on the E2C Network. On your way out, I want to remind you to stop by E2Cnetwork.com. It's your one-stop shop for all our content across our podcast, YouTube channel, and much more. To stay up to date with us, make sure you're following social media accounts such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. While our content here may always be Auburn sports heavy, if it's orange and blue, it's what we do. War Eagle.